Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I hope I have something to say that will benefit you in some way. We're continuing our series on Christians are, talking about certain characteristics Christians should have. You know, last week, Brother Kyle, I believe, talked to us about love. And, no, Dusty did. Sorry. I'm getting my weeks confused here. Sorry. Dusty talked to us about love. And the thing that I'm going to talk about this morning is closely associated with that because while people confuse love and the subject I'm going to talk about this morning is with emotion. You want to be able to feel it. You want to be able to feel it right now. And that's not necessarily the case, what we're going to be talking about this morning. If you would, open your Bibles, and we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll read the first five verses here, and we'll kind of lay out what we're going to be talking about this morning. In Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, Therefore, we also, since our, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us, lay, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily it ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Ye have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. So we're going to continue the series this morning, Christians Are. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is Christians are joyful. You know, joyful, we think about it as emotion, about being happy all the time. I'm always happy. My emotions make me happy. I'm, I'm happy that I got this promotion at work. There's all sorts of things we can be joyful about in this life. But that's not necessarily what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to compare the two. We're going to compare what the world views as joyful and what God says is joyful. And then we're going to see how we can be joyful all the time regardless of our circumstance. So first of all, let's look at some things. Joyful, what does that mean? Well, what the Western dictionaries tell us is that joyful is a feeling, expression, or causing great pleasure and happiness. We talked about that. We want to feel happy. We want to feel pleasure. That's joyful for us. So some of the things that the world, that the world might consider joyful. What are some of the things that you might think about? Well, I got a good raise at work and I'm making a lot more money. That makes me happy. That makes me able to get more things, provide for my family better. That makes me happy. Or maybe I got the latest and greatest toy. That is evidently the most expensive car in the world right now. I can afford that most expensive car in the world, and that makes me really happy. Now, I'm not quite sure on that, but as far as my internet skills, that's what they say about that. So if you have a different car, that's fine. But this one says, according to my research, it says this is the most expensive car right now in the world. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's an achievement. You know, my kids got their black belts this week at karate. They were happy about it. They worked years and years to get this. We invited grandparents. We invited family because it was something that was a joyous occasion. They had worked so hard and they achieved it. But when you look at worldly joy, there's inherently a problem with it. It doesn't last. When's the last time you had great joy? Is it still with you? Maybe if it was recently, maybe you're still joyful about it. But it doesn't always last. Because joy can turn into anger. You know? Sometimes we get angry. Oh, I'm not making the money I should. Or I'm not getting the respect I should. Or I don't have the things I should. Or I'm not achieving what I think I ought to. And that can make us angry. Is there anything wrong with being angry? No, the Bible says be angry and sin not. It's not telling you not to be angry. It's telling you not to sin when you're angry. 
we're going to get angry. That's going to happen. Or maybe anger can turn to sadness. Is it wrong to be sad? No. Because when Jesus heard the news of John the Baptist, he says Jesus wept. He was sad. He was moved to sadness. That's an emotion. You know, we always can't control where our emotions move. We can control what we do with those emotions, but we can't control where our emotions are moved to all the time. Or maybe fear. Maybe we're moved to fear sometimes. Is there anything inherently wrong with that? No, but it's how we deal with it. Our emotions can be moved in many different directions. But the joy that God wants you to have will not fade into anger, sadness, or fear, or any other emotion you can think of. That's the problem with worldly joy. It just doesn't last. You can't keep it up. You know, there was a, a comedy show. I can't remember what the name of the show was, but they were doing reviews at their office. <laughs> and one of the, uh, this lady came in, came in to get a review, and one of the complaints the boss had was she was excessively happy. Nobody can be that happy all the time. But when you really think about it, nobody's that happy all the time. You just can't keep it up. There's things in this world that are going to make you sad, that might make you mad, or maybe even a little fearful. So what is God talking about when we're talking about joy here? Because I believe joy is a commandment. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. So you're telling me even when I'm mad and sad and fearful, I can still have joy? Maybe not the emotion of joy, but you can still have joy. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So here we find that love and joy are in the same things. And people want to associate love and joy with emotion. But if you've noticed, all the rest of these have nothing to do with emotion whatsoever. They have to do with characteristics of the way we are. We can be a joyful people and not necessarily feel the emotion of joy. And there's a reason for that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You know what's interesting when Paul wrote this? He was in prison. I can't imagine that was a very joyful time for him. I can't imagine he enjoyed that very much. You know, we think of prison as a place we don't want to be. We don't want to lose our freedom. That's where Paul was when he wrote this. Then how can he say rejoice always? He put a little disclaimer in here. Rejoice in the Lord always. You can always rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't matter what your emotion is, what condition you're in right now. You can always have joy in the Lord. And there's a reason for that. If you look at Romans 15 and 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can have joy in the hope all the time. Joy is not hope. I'm not wanting you to get those two confused. Joy is not hope. Hope is something totally different. But they're intertwined. We have joy because of the hope we have. The hope that Jesus came and died and rose again, that way we might have the hope of everlasting life. We can always find joy in that. It doesn't matter if we're in prison. It doesn't matter if we're about to be put to death. It doesn't matter if we're being persecuted. You can always have joy in that. That no matter what happens to me here, there's something better waiting for me. You can always have that joy. And that joy is not an emotion. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Rejoicing in that hope. Do you rejoice in the hope that God has given you? You should. 
That should be an everlasting thing of joy in your life. It should never go away. It should never turn to sadness, to fear, or to anger. You should always have that hope, joy in that hope. You should always be happy about that hope. You should always be willing to share that hope. Because that is where our joy is, is in the hope that God has given to us. If we look in James 1, verses 2 and 3, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So we're supposed to be joyful when we're going through bad times? Yeah. It's a, it's a characteristic that does not change with the emotions that you're having. I could be having the worst day possible, be mad, sad, angry all the time, and I could still have that joy and that hope. I could still have joy in God. When my life on earth is falling apart, I can still have joy in God. You know, there was a religious sect, I'm guessing probably 10, 15 years ago. I was still, uh, maybe even longer than that now, probably more like 20 years ago because I was still in high school. It keeps going by farther and farther. Um, but they did this thing and they said, your joy is whatever you make it here on earth. Well, you know, in America, that sounds pretty good. We got it pretty good here. Tell that kid, that mom holding a starving child in Nigeria, that's the best it's ever going to get. Tell these third world countries, that's, this is the best you can ever hope for. You see people in these third world countries praising, singing to God, happy as can be. Why? Because they know there's something better out there. You know, sometimes we look, we look at our world and go, I can't imagine it getting much better than this. I got food in my belly. I got a home to live in. I got entertainment that I can just turn on the t with a flip of a switch, be, sit down and be entertained. How can it get much better than this? Sometimes the fact that we live in this country puts a real test on our joy in God because we have all the joys around us that we can ever want. <clears throat> But we need to count it all joy whenever we fall into those bad times. Because it's just temporary. The good times, just like the good times are temporary, just like the joy isn't going to last forever in this world, neither is the sadness, the pain, the anger, the fear. It's not going to last forever either. It's all temporal in this world. But the joy of God is forever. And if we have that even through the bad times, we'll keep it forever. Again, Paul was in prison when he wrote this. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm in prison, but I'm going to pray about you with joy. You know what my first inclination is? I'm going to pray to get free. <laughs> That's what my first inclination is. Make me happy right now. That's what I want to do. But Paul knew there was something better. He prayed to the Lord with joy because he knew there was something better, even when he was in that prison cell. And I know there's many debates saying he could have been in a home type of prison, but still, he had no freedom. He couldn't just walk around like he wanted to. He couldn't go to the churches like he wanted to. He had lost his freedom, regardless if it was in a prison cell or in some sort of home arrest, like some people claim. It doesn't matter. He didn't have the freedom to do what he wanted. But he still went to prayer and to God with joy, with happiness. Because he knew there was something better waiting. And that happiness could not be taken away by his emotions. Regardless of how sad he was, he was in prison. Regardless of how angry he was, he was in prison. Regardless of how fearful he was, he might lose his own life. 
to the Romans. He couldn't take away the joy he had in the Lord. So now we go back to our reading this morning, Hebrews 12 and verses 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Do we do that? You know, Jesus went through something terrible and horrific. But he did it with joy. Why? Because of what was to come. See, sometimes we worry so bad about the here and now, we forget about what's to come. We worry so much about what's going on in my life right this second. We forget about what's to come and the joy we can have in that. Even if they're putting us to death. You know, Paul, when he was writing to the Philippians, he said, I'm about to be spilled out. He knew he was about to die. But he was still talking about always being joyful, always rejoicing in the Lord. Even when you're about to die, you can still have that rejoicing in the Lord. You know, we showed, I showed a picture of some of the things that the world considers joyful. You know, my granddad, whenever he was in his 20s, he was a Golden Gloves boxer, and he was proud of that. It, it, he took a lot of joy in doing that. T.A. Monk was a Golden Gloves boxer, and he boxed, I guess, for five or six years. He never got much higher than Golden Gloves, but... That's what, he, that's what he decided he wanted to pursue because it made him happy. Well, any of you that know my granddad knew he got Parkinson's later in life. He didn't have the ability to do that anymore. He didn't have the ability to take that joy in boxing anymore. That joy was gone, and it wasn't going to come back. You know, eventually my kids aren't going to be able to break boards anymore at karate. It's just not going to happen. Their body's not going to allow them to do it if they live long enough, and I hope they do. Whatever joy we find on this earth is passing. We need to look forward through it to the joy that awaits and be joyful about that. Not put everything on the here and now as we tend to do. In 1 Peter verses 8 through 9, 1 verses 8 through 9, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls. Do we believe that? Do we believe we're going to see that joy, the saving of our souls that's inexplainable, that's unexplainable? Are we looking forward through the trials that we're having now to that joy, keeping that joy in our heart, knowing we're going to see something better? We're going to see a time where our joy isn't taken away with fear or sadness or anger. Or are we so focused on the right now that we forget about the most joy we'll ever have. Because as we said, the joy on this earth is passing. But this joy will live forever. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. You know what the biggest enemy of joy is? Discontentment. If you're discontent, it's really hard to have joy. If you're always looking at what I should have or what I shouldn't or what I should be getting or what, how I should be doing my things and never being happy with what you have. And you know what most people do whenever they find this discontentment in the worldly things? The first thing they do is they turn their back on God and say, I don't want any part of God. He's messed up my life. He hasn't blessed me the way he needs to. He hasn't given me the joy he promised me. 
God never promised you'd be happy all the time here on this earth. That was never a given promise. But we get so discontent and thank God I'd be doing more for us on this earth whenever this earth isn't what it's about. If this earth is what it was about, Jesus would have never allowed himself to be killed on a cross. He had the power to do that. And if this earth was what it was all about, that would not have happened. But that's not what this is about. In 1 Peter verses... I went the wrong way, sorry. In Philippians 4 and 11, again Paul speaking, Not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Can we say that? Because if we can say that, then we won't be robbed of the joy of God. But the problem is, whenever the things of this world add up and we turn our back on God, then we're losing all joy whatsoever. You just cancel out the joy of this earth plus the godly joy, biblical joy. And you don't have neither. If you really want to be a more joyful person, learn to be content. Because being discontent not only will rob you of joy in this world, but in the world to come. So where does your joy come from this morning? Does it come from my money? I make a good, I make a good living. I, I have joy in my money. That's good. That's good. My job? I have a good job. People respect me. I have a, that job cares about me. I take joy in my job. My hobbies? Oh, I love going fishing. I take joy in fishing. Or I love sitting down and watching movies. I take great joy in that. Or my kids, I do karate. I take joy in that. My hobbies. I mean, that's where a lot of Americans find their joy today is the stuff they do outside that's hobbies. How about my health? I take great joy in my health. I go and work out every other day like I'm supposed to. I go out and I work my upper body, my lower body, my cardio. Is that something we've taken great, great joy in? My friends, I take great joy in hanging out with my friends. We do a lot of fun things together. That's always joyful for me. My family, I take great joy in my family. We do great things. As I said, I was the happiest person in the world when they got their black belts. I just thought that was great. It was happiness. I was, I was joyful about my family. You know what the problem with all of these are? They're all temporary. There's nothing eternal on this list. Money. You can earn all the money in the world, but when you die, it's not going to do you any good. My job. You can have the best job in the world, but someday you're physically not going to be able to do it. There's going to be some day where you have to retire because you physically cannot do that job anymore. Regardless of what the job is, there's going to be a time where you can't work anymore. What about my hobbies? Well, hobbies are good and fine in the now, but what did I really gain except wasting a couple hours going fishing? <laughs> Waste a couple hours going playing a couple rounds of golf, maybe even more hours than that. I don't know. I haven't played golf in a while, so I don't know how long that takes anymore. Probably take me forever, but... Going out and playing a game of tennis, going out and whatever it is you find that you have, have fun, what do you really gain from that? And at the end of the day, there's going to be a day where you can't do those things anymore. What about your health? 
You know, I told you my granddad was a Golden Gloves boxer. You know what happened? He got Parkinson's and he couldn't even lift his arms anymore. It eventually killed his body. Your body's eventually going to die. You know, there's an old saying, nobody gets out of this alive, and it's true. We're all eventually going to die at some point. Your health, yes, I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself. I believe if you feel like you need to take care of yourself, that's fine. But when you put all your joy in these things, it's going to fail you every time. So what about Christ? Do we put our joy in Christ and what he did for us? We should. Matter of fact, we're going to remember that here in just a minute about the death he died for us. Do we put joy in that? That's where our joy should be and in the hope that that brings. Do you have joy in the hope that Christ has given you? Does that make you happy? It should. And it's a happiness that can't be taken away from you. That won't be turned into sadness or anger. It's not the emotion. It's that I know something is better. How about his church? Do you take joy in his church? You know, there's a lot of places you could be this morning. There was a lot of people out maybe going to a lake this morning, maybe out going and playing golf this morning. There's a lot of places you could be. Do you take joy in being here? You should. It shouldn't be, oh, I have to get up. I have to go to church this morning. I was happy when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you happy when you hear that? Or just feel like, man, it's just something I got to get done. What about in heaven? The promise that has been given to us all. Do you have joy in that? Do you have joy looking forward to that? Or do we even think about it with all the great things we have right now? Heaven's going to be a thousand times greater than anything you can do, accomplish on this earth. Do you take joy in that? You should. What about in your faith? Do you have joy in your faith that God is faithful to do all the things he's promised us to do? That he has prepared that place for us. Do you take joy in that? Because that joy can't be taken away from you. And in God's love that provided it all. Do you take joy in that? Because God's love provided everything on that list. Do you take joy in the love of God? What I don't want you to do is feel like you can't ever take joy in any of that. That's not what I'm saying. I don't believe God wanted us down here not to be happy. I don't believe that at all. As a matter of fact, when he created the garden, he made it perfect. And then man messed it up. <laughs> he doesn't want you to be not be happy on this earth. But he knows there's going to be times where you're not going to be. He knows there's times where you might be angry. You might be sad. You might be fearful. And that's okay. As long as you control those emotions where you don't sin while you're having those emotions. But he's given you a joy that cannot be taken away from you. The only way this joy can be taken away from you is if you give it up. You can give it up all you want. You can say, I don't want anything to have to do with that. And you can do that. But if you accept that joy that God has given you, nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can take away that inner happiness that you know something better is waiting. You know what the difference in emotional joy and godly joy really is? These are all based on me, on my emotions. And when you base things on emotions, it doesn't always work out all the time. But this right here is based on things I know to be true.
I know God is coming back one day, and I know there's a place for me. And my joy is based in that knowing. Not on things I can't control, not on things that go up and down, have peaks and valleys like a chart. Your emotions can do that to you. Sometimes you can feel all six, all the emotions in one day. <laughs> go from happy to angry to sad to fearful to disgusted, whatever it is. You can go through them all in a myriad in, in one day. But you can never lose the joy that God gives you unless you give it away. Don't give it away. Be that kind of person that has joy even in the hard times because you know there's something better on the other side. You can see through as Christ did well, the joy that's coming. And you can be happy about that. You can have joy in that. And yes, you can have joy out here on this earth, but don't put all your joy in that because it will fail you every time. There's nobody that has put all their joy in these things. And any other, these are just a small list. You could think of a lot of different things that may bring joy in this world. But there's not a one of people that put all their joy in that that haven't ended up disappointed in the end. You know, I'm going to finish with a story. I was talking to my dad, and I go, man, dad, I'm having a hard time finding a lot of illustrations for this. And he sent me, I guess maybe mom did it since he's not all that technologically inclined, but he sent me this thing he got from Reader's Digest. And I don't know if it's a true story or not, but I think it illustrates what's, uh, what we've been talking about this morning. There was a corn farmer in Nebraska who owned the largest corn farm in Nebraska. He had a large family, a wife, three or four kids, five or six grandkids, even a couple of great-grandchildren. And when he turned about 75, his wife died. When his wife died, he kind of went into a tailspin a little bit, eventually lost his farm. His kids didn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. He went into this lawyer because he was fixing to have to file for bankruptcy. And this lawyer was talking to him. He goes, man, you're about one of the happiest people I've ever met that's going through this stuff. I don't understand how you can have this kind of attitude while you're going through these bad things. And this farmer simply looked up and said, you know, I'm looking through all this. Because there's going to be a time where I can see my wife again. Well, there's going to be a mansion in heaven that can't be taken away from me because I can't make the payments anymore. Where my kids aren't going to turn their backs on me. There's going to be a place where I can feel eternal joy and all this stuff isn't going to matter anymore. Because I just got to get through this to get to that. Do we have that attitude? Or are we so focused on the here and right now we don't see even the foot in front of us? We need to have the attitude of no matter what I go through here, I have something so much better waiting on me. I just got to get through this right now. And you can have that joy that does not fail and that does not go away. And that's the kind of joy that God commands us to have, not the happy feelings all the time. You know, there's nothing wrong with having those happy feelings. But that's not what the kind of joy God's commanded us to have. We have a joy that is unexplainable and that cannot be taken away if we get through the right now to what is waiting with that joy in our heart. Maybe you haven't been living a joyful life as the scriptures point out. Maybe you've been all focusing on the temporal here. That's fine. We can fix that. As long as there's a breath in your body, you can fix it. You can start the day. All you got to do is make the decision and not focus so much on the here and now, but look through that to what awaits.
If we can help you do that, won't you come as we stand and sing?